1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: Where do seminary professors come from? The local church. Where does your favorite rock star radio or TV preacher come from? The local church. Where do volunteers for outreaches and crisis pregnancy centers come from? They come from the local church. Who sponsors or enables and empowers the majority of the short-term mission trips? It's the local church. And where is the most of the discipleship done today? It's done in the local church. Where should the bulk of your giving go? The local church.
0: I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every and will fall the mountains will move. every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, nothing is impossible
1: Hello and welcome nothing is Grace to Live radio broadcast with Pastor Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as we always do, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith is continuing with our new series entitled Nuts and Bolts Taking Nothing for Granted When It Comes to Our Faith. Today we'll be grappling with the sensitive topic of giving. What does the Bible have to say about tithes and offerings? How much should we be giving? And what happens if we can't afford to give? Well, Pastor Keith will be walking us through these and many other questions on this topic in today's message entitled, The Nuts and Bolts of Giving. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Acts, chapter 2, Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: This message is the message that all pastors hate to preach. They live in fear of preaching this message. They dread preaching this message, and uh, usually so does the congregation. But anyway, it's about the nuts and bolts of giving. You know, we've done this series on nuts and bolts, things in the church, things that we would think were a given, things that we think were commonly understood, things that you would think everybody would know about. Uh, And we've talked about church membership And we've talked about the nuts and bolts of ordinances Baptism in the Lord's table This week we're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of giving And the next week the nuts and bolts of serving And giving is a really naughty subject And I mean K-N-O-T-T-Y Although you could use the other one too Because it's just one of those things You know people don't want to talk about politics They don't want to talk about this They don't want to talk about that And giving is one of them. And everybody says, well, you know, we know to give, and this, that, or the other. And, you know, um, I have to say, I used to consider it a red... I've only spoken on giving once in a church since 2001, okay? Because I used to consider it a mark of spirituality. You know what church that was, by the way? That was here, right? That was here when we were finishing up my first year and we wanted to catch up on the giving. But I used to consider it a mark of spirituality not to speak about it. And and so I never did. And I remember at one church I was at, they came to me, the bookkeeper comes to me and says, you know what? We can't pay the bills and we can't pay your salary or the staff's salary unless something really big happens. So, you know, the elder's like, you're going to have to preach on giving. And I was like, not over my dead body, you know? I said, we'll pray as a leadership team and uh, we'll see what happens. So we prayed. I didn't say a word. The collection was taken on Sunday. It was four times its normal amount without a word getting out. It happened again later on, we did the same thing, and the same thing happened, except that the next time somebody dropped a check for $100,000 in the thing, which really blew it all up. And so I said, see, you don't have to preach on this stuff. Then I worked for a guy who actually has written some articles and different things, and uh, this is the last church I was at, and he wrote an article on giving in Christianity Today, which keeps getting reprinted over and over again, and it talked about how he had approached giving in the same way. And so I'm going to read from the article because it really cut me to the quick. Here it goes. I never preach on giving or ask for money, I once told a fellow pastor. I just leave it up to the people. He said to me, do you teach your people to study the Bible? Of course I do, I said. Do you teach them how to pray? Certainly. Well, if you taught your people to give in a biblical manner, would they receive more or less a blessing from God in some way? The article continues. I sat in silence. I realized I was hurting my people, not helping them. In addition, our church was in severe financial distress. When I went home, I committed myself to teach all of God's word, including giving. You know, we teach our children how to talk. We teach our children how to walk. And we hopefully teach them how to be responsible. And it's the same with the church. And I know we go back to this idea of nuts and bolts and things that you would think people know. And you know these videos we've shown to illustrate the point, here is the video that we're going to have for this week, and it's the most disturbing of the videos, because there are some things you would think an American would know, just like there are some things you think people in the church would know. And it's as funny as this is, they interviewed 14 people on this topic, and they sort of, it started out as a joke, and it, and it crashed very quickly, and seven of the people gave the wrong answer. So Maestro, if you would show the video.
1: Uh, This morning, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made a very impassioned speech at the Capitol. What did you think of that?
2: I thought it was great, you know? Very uh, uh, inspiring, uh, motivational, you know?
1: This morning, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did a speech from the Capitol. What did you think of that?
2: I think it was great.
1: What did you like about it? All the details
2: and things like that.
1: Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. this morning came out endorsing Donald Trump for president. What was your reaction to that? Please don't. Please. I would be a little nervous. I would think he would be the last one to uh, endorse Trump.
2: Lights. Can, does anyone, can anyone imagine not knowing that Dr. Martin Luther King was murdered over 50 years ago? You know, and you look at the people. You know, Things that you would take for granted. That this paragon of the civil rights movement gave his life, or had his life taken from him, and you look at the diversity of those people up there. When somebody says, what would you think of a speech last night? They just go. And I tell you what, it got worse from there. And, and so with this whole nuts and bolts thing, this has kind of been a theme that uh, I wanted to touch on because you really can take nothing for granted. And that's why I believe as we do this nuts and bolts series on church membership, on the ordinances, on giving and on serving, we want to leave nothing to chance. And today's video, I think, has shown once again that you can't do that. And then I want to share with you some statistics that I've read in preparation for this. Uh, and here they are. Um, typically, givers make up only 10 to 25 percent of a normal congregation of a normal congregation. What's normal? I don't know, because supposedly seats on airplanes are made for normal people, and I haven't found one that's comfortable yet. But when you look at these numbers, that means one in 10 and one or four give. Think about that, okay? 37% of regular church attendees don't give at all. Think about that. That's over one in four. In a strong economy, most Christians give about 2%, 2 2.5% of their income. Like today's economy is booming. During the Great Depression, it was 3.3%. So as jobs and rates of pay in the economy has increased, people give less. The average giving by adults in an an evangelical church is about $17. Think about that. And and, and it goes on from there. Uh, In the U.S., 10% of regular attenders have decreased their giving on average by 20% to accommodate their lifestyle. More lattes, more cell phones, more iPhones, whatever. Giving to unaccountable parachurch organizations now exceeds giving to the local church. I want you to think about that. So people give less and less to the local church and they give to unaccountable organizations that aren't even local, that don't even, they don't even know the people. You know, I remember I had a, a lady in my congregation, her name was Dorothy, and she said, well, you know, I don't give as much to this church because I give a lot to Moody Church and I love Moody Church. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, I like Erwin Lutzer. I thought, well, <laughs> what does that say about me? But anyway, and she goes, well, actually, I was saved at Moody Church through their radio ministry, so that's where most of my giving goes. Now, we had buried her mother. We had helped drive her financial jams. We had done this. We had done this. We had done that. You know, people give to their favorite rock star, pastor, or radio broadcast. 77% of those who give at least 10% in the local church actually give up to 20%, which means they're carrying the ball for the rest of the folks sometimes. And this is from uh, nonprofitsource.com. This is a secular scientific survey that was done now why these terrible trends it's not that people are bad it's not that people are selfish well I guess we're all bad and we're all selfish because we're sinners but you get what I'm saying I think it's ignorance I think people don't know any better I think they haven't taught and one of the things that's always struck me when you look at an ailing church it's not what's taught that messes them up it's what's not taught When you look at any major group, any major denomination over the last 75 to 100 years that's in decline, it's what's not been taught, and frequently these kinds of things, more and more, are not taught, and many want to know the essentials of giving, or nowadays it's not cool, it's not hip to call it giving, so we call it generosity, but they don't want to be manipulated, they just want to be educated, and I'm all for that the education not the manipulation and so you know people ask questions do I give to my local church do I give through my local church do I give to my favorite Christian college or university first do I give to my favorite ministry like insight for living grace to you truth for today or navigators or a crew or inner varsity what about my local church family where do they fit in and speaking of giving how does it relate to tithing and offering just where do, how does all this stuff work well that's what we're going to be talking about today going to be talking about that. A lot of people are confused, you know, and I will tell you this, you know, some people look to the Old Testament, and the Old Testament, if you looked at the whole offering system, they gave about 35%, not of their income, but of their assets, all right, but they were supporting a theocracy, right? There was no government like we have today until the king, you know, the monarchy came into being. And so the country was a theocracy. We're not a theocracy. In the New Testament, we're not a theocracy either. And so most of you are off the hook on the 35% thing. But what I want to do today really is ask and answer eight questions about the nuts and bolts of giving so that you can do so in the right way and with the right heart. We want to look at and ask and answer eight questions. And here's the thing, I could do a sermon series on this, but because this series is a four-week series and we're just touching on a different topics each week, it's not our normal verse-by-verse, inch-by-inch, passage-by-passage thing here. And so we're just going to look at eight questions. I'm sure there are many more than eight questions, but these are the ones that I thought we'd deal with today. And after you sat through a 13-point sermon in 34 minutes last week, I thought I'd give you only eight points today, okay? Okay. So, question number one, where should the bulk of my giving and service go? Where and to whom should we give? Now, this isn't so much about your wallet, but about your heart and your mind, okay? And so, what we're looking at here is what or who should be the primary recipient, recipient of our giving? Is there any indication in the Bible? And there is. I think if you look at Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4... And we're not going to read chapters 2 and chapter 4, but you can do this. Um, Basically, the local church received everything and they distributed it. People gave to and through the local church. This only makes sense because in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, you know, and when he's writing, when Paul is writing, when the Holy Spirit is speaking through the pen of Paul to the church then and there and the church that would read the word of God later on, And he gives the thesis statement for the pastoral epistles. He says, I write so that you will know how to conduct yourself in the household of faith, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and buttress of the truth. You know, now, and I know that God is omniscient. I know that he knows all things past, present, and future. So it's not that he didn't know there would be all these wonderful, wonderful parachurch organizations and universities out there. It says that he had a particular means of giving to them, and that was through the local church. Let's think about it. Does that make sense? Well, let me ask some questions, and we have some of them right here. Where should I give? Where do missionaries and administrators for mission agencies come from? They were birthed primarily through the ministry of the local church. Where do seminary professors come from? The local church. Where does your favorite rock star radio or TV preacher come from? The local church. Where do volunteers for outreaches and, and, and uh crisis pregnancy centers come from. They come from the local church. Who sponsors or enables and empowers the majority of the short-term mission trips? It's the local church. And where is the most of the discipleship done today? It's done in the local church. Where should the bulk of your giving go? The local church. Where should the bulk of your service be? The local church. All right, question two. What's so special about the local church? Why the local church? Now, I'd like to think most of this is... Common sense or logical. Somebody once said that all politics are local. You know, we, this, this, somebody, everybody started local and ended up somewhere. Just as all politics are local, so is all religion. The local church is the observable and accountable, visible represent, representative of Christianity. You attend the local church and you have a say in the operation of the local church. Congregational rule, we elect leaders to re- or choose leaders to represent ourselves. People are accountable. The local church is where the individual has true influence and impact. And the local church, because it's a grassroots, grounded, local, connected, interdependent body of believers, is less likely to go off the rails because it has an unaccountable board. Do you all remember the crisis, the scandal? in World Vision a few years ago. You remember that? You know, their board off the rails. They started supporting gay marriage. They started, you know, having questions about is homosexuality really prohibited in the Bible? And they basically thumbed their noses at the people who disagreed with them and then when, the only time they turned and repented, if, there's, if they did repent, was when it cost them because people couldn't, implu- couldn't influence the board but they could stop giving, you know. That's why we give to the local church. You give to the local church and through the local church because usually the leadership or the, or the pastoral team to some degree or the missions team or whomever is usually a little more up to speed on what's going on in the world than the average person in the pew. I remember uh, about 10 years ago there was a scandal with a group of people. They had a great ministry and my church participated in it locally. Uh, we, we put these little boxes and sent things overseas to people, you know, And then we found out that in Europe, the Christians stopped doing that. Um, Let me me back up. The ministry stopped putting gospel tracts in those boxes because they didn't want to offend people. And so we just cut them off. But this is why you give to and through the local church. Large parachurch agencies and organizations have unaccountable boards and they do not answer to the local church. That's why you have missionaries come and talk to you so you can see who you're supporting. And so no, mission, no local church, no missionaries, no missions. Why the emphasis on the local church? Here's another principle for you, and it's going to come from a place that, doesn't, that initially will seem counterintuitive. And In 1 Timothy 5, 7, and 8, we have this. Now, again, what is 1 Timothy? It's the pastoral epistles. It's a blueprint on how the church should be constituted and operated, run, managed, led, shepherded. And we're going to go through all the pastoral epistles next year. But what it says here in 1 Timothy 5, 7, and 8 is this. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. And what's going on here, they're talking about benevolence giving. And it's basically saying, look, before the church gives benevolence to an individual, make sure their family is taking care of their own. Making, make sure that the family has been taken care of, that the family is doing its job. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially the members of his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. How does this tie into all this? Well, if the church is short of volunteers and you're out working everywhere else but the local church... You're not taking care of your own. And if you're giving to your favorite rock star pastor who's not going to marry and bury you, and I'm not saying you're giving to me, but you're not giving to the local church. If 70, 80, 90% of your giving isn't going to the local church, you're not taking care of your own. And the principle is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the world, you know, Acts 1 8. And what we need to understand here is when, you know, it's much more exciting to give to somebody famous, it's much more exciting to give to all these things, but sometimes you don't even know who you're giving to. I think of uh, Gospel for Asia, KP and misappropriating funds. Years and years and years of wonderful ministry, unaccountable, unaccountable board. Your church serves your local community, and, they, and your local family deserves your support. Your church spends your tithes in a responsible way to advance the Great Commission locally, Local churches help identify those who are really in need, focusing your giving's direction. They, they know the territory and the player is more, more than you do sometimes. You know, I remember when I, a couple of years ago, there was this family out here always asking for money. And I remember thinking, boy, I just felt terrible about them. And they said, oh, no, um, they want their rent paid. And what they do is they go to five churches and get their rent paid for five months. And we don't give these people money because they're dishonest. But can you imagine a, a well-intended loving person just ha- shelling out the money? Not knowing, but our leadership did. That's why we say all ministry is local. It starts locally. You give to and through your local church. Why? I said, it, I said it before. Where do your missionaries and administrators come from? The local church. Where do seminary professors come from? The local church. These people come to Christ, they get discipled, they answer their call in the local church, and they go out into the field and make disciples of all nations, right? And we support those missionaries, but they all come from the same place. And if we're not planting and watering there, there's nothing to send to market, so to speak. All ministry starts with the local church. No local church, no missionaries. No local church, no farm drive. No local church, no go team. No local church... No, who comes to Christ, who disciples the children, no children's ministry. And when I look on that wall of missionaries out there, those, a lot of those people grew up in this church. Now, let me just stop for a moment so that no one misunderstands what I'm saying. So when you leave here, do not say, Pastor Keith said that it's wrong to give to big mission agencies or Christian universities or Christian colleges or insight for living or truth for today or family life for today or grace to you or any of those things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this. Make sure that you've taken care of your own first. And then, after your local church is taken care of, and if you're visiting today, this applies to your local church in Ulaanbaatar, Outer Mongolia, if that's where you're from, or Sheboygan, Wisconsin, make sure you've taken care of your own. Then feel free to use the rest of your discretionary spending however you want to. Which brings us to regular giving versus tithes and offerings and things like that. The question arises, question number three, what about tithes and offerings? Where do tithes and offerings come into play? What is the difference between a tithe and an offering? What is a tithe? Let's take the, let's take the easy question first. We t- sometimes tend to get a little bit sloppy with regards to uh, terminology sometimes. You know, like when we think of... Uh, Uh, little pieces of paper that we wipe our tears or blow our nose with or wipe the baby slobber with we say Kleenex. Well Kleenex is a brand or when we want to make a photocopy we say we'll Xerox this or we'll put scotch tape on something well it's just really cellophane tape right and so we take terms in the Bible sometimes and apply them all over the place but if you had to think about a tithe a tithe is your regular giving it's your routine day in and day out giving and you, you see this in Malachi 3.8, bring the tithes to the storehouse, bring the tithes to the house of God. That's tithes. Offerings, on the other hand, would be special giving, like the benevolence offering that we take up, right? Or maybe, uh, you know, there's a crisis like we did with uh, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina uh, or the other hurricanes and we sent teams and we raised money for a particular need. Tithe offering, think of it that way, if that helps you. Which brings us to question four. How often am I supposed to give? Weekly, monthly, annually, quarterly? Just what? How often do you get paid, right? I mean, think, you know, me, I give twice a month. I get paid twice a month. I mean, there's no thou shalt give 17 times a year. There's no commandment in scripture. We just have to think it through, you know. We give when we, when we get paid. Some people say gross or net. Well, what does the government ask? But so, you know, but you give regularly. You don't give when you think, oh, you know, I haven't given in seven or eight months. Okay, who shall I give to? The local church. But no, it's regularly. And now, and now, we come to the dreaded question. How much? How much do I give? You go through the Old Old Testament tithing system, for for our brothers and sisters who are involved in covenant theology, uh, and you're going to give from 10 to 35%. The basic giving in the Old Testament was 10%. Then you had all these festivals and events and you had a wave offering and you had a peace offering and you had the day. And it basically racked up to about 35%. But we're not in the Old Testament. We're in the local church. We're not ancient Israel. We are a supranational, transnational, diverse body of believers, not an ethnic group. And when you go to the New Testament, it never fixes an amount.
0: Dragon will try, and